Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. One of the definitions of launch is to start or set in motion. And every creative person has to do it. So what are the secrets to a successful launch? With eight to 10 hours a day, I was like literally emailing people one by one. I don't really check my numbers. You know, I don't really listen to the podcast. I'm able to do it again, but as a normal person. Welcome to Anna David's Launchpad. Hi guys, it's Anna David here. You are listening to Launchpad. I'm so glad you are. It's where I talk to all sorts of authors and book marketers and the like about how to launch your book to great success. I am super excited about today's guest, and you'll hear it when you listen, um, because she's somebody, whatever, I explain it right when we start, but like I saw her 20 years ago, and I was like, that is the most glamorous person I have ever seen in my life, and it was very surreal to have her, she's like a friend, sitting in my podcasting studio um, that is about to get totally upgraded, by the way. It's a bit of a janky studio right now, and wait till you hear, because you will hear the difference, what's happening soon. But anyway, so Gigi Lavangi, she's she is the author of so many things that I'm not even going to say them all, but uh, the novels Rescue Me, Maneater, The Starter Wife. If those sound incredibly familiar to you, it's not just that they were New York Times bestsellers, but The Starter Wife was an Emmy award-winning show. It was a miniseries starring Deborah Messing. Maneater was adapted for a Lifetime series. Uh, she also was the, wrote the screenplay for Stepmom, starring Julia Roberts and Susan Sarandon. She writes for places like Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, Glamour, and she is glamour. Well, you'll hear she, the way she tells it. She's not at all. She just likes to like work out and write, but she's super, super glamorous, which um, go Google her if you... Uh, you will find, because we got into this, uh, the, the, the woman, for all of her gifts, is not, it needs to up her marketing game. And that's what this episode is about. She talks about a lot about what it's like to launch a book, uh, what, what it's been like, how it's changed, um, the importance of uh, media, getting on TV, getting um, reviewed in certain places. Um, but she, I then coached her a little bit through how things are changing. So um, what's really juicy too, I mean, this is a juicy one because she was also, I'm just going to say, she was married to Brian Grazier, like one of the most prolific producers of all time. And I somehow in a writing podcast managed to dig into that and get some some really juicy info. So you are going to like this one. She's just a really funny, funny woman. Um, if you would like to have the full transcript of this interview, as well as uh, links to find out more about Gigi, show notes, uh, everything, like literally everything, you just go to launchpadpub.com 
dot com slash blog slash 298. Yes, because we are coming up on our 300th episode. That is launchpadpub.com slash blog slash 298. And now this is Gigi Lavangi. Such a fun name to say. So, okay, I should tell you I do the intro separately. I'm double recording because I have bad luck with technology. And these words are going to be so important. Can you imagine if they got lost? I can't. Um, they should be in a tomb somewhere. They may okay. be. If you're listening to these in a tomb, that you got them, <laughs> extracted them from a tomb, that's so awesome. Um, now, when, this is what I was telling you as you walked in. You, I remember the first time I saw you, and doesn't that even sound like a love story? Can I tell you it what it was? It sounds like, um, yes, it sounds like a quasi love story. It's in my brain like it happened this morning. I moved to LA. I worked at People Magazine as a freelancer. I didn't know like what I was doing about anything. And I got to cover the Nutty Professor no. premiere. So no. I'm standing there interviewing oh Brian. Ah! your husband. Hilarious, yeah. And he says, this is my fiance, Gigi Lavangi. And I looked at you and I was like, I have never seen a more glamorous person no. in my life. Are you sure it was well, me? Your, your name, <laughs> come on, just the name. I know, I sound like a French porn star. It's like, and you were sitting there, and I remember because your hair was short. I yes. haven't seen it short since then. It was short, yeah, long in the front and short in back, yeah. And you were just wearing this little dress and I was like, what would it be like to be that glamorous? It, like, can you believe I remember that so well? And that's why I write these books, <laughs> because I just take apart that whole notion. I know, mm. I know. But like, so so there was that stuck that's in my head, hilarious. like I can't even tell you. And then when we were in the same book, The Girls Who Like Boys Who Like Boys, boys book. Yes. Sorry, I'm paranoid about the recording. Um, I was just like, well, I have made it. I'm like in a book with Gigi. And and now we're sitting here talking like I could almost brazenly say like colleagues. That, oh, we are, we're beyond colleagues. We're beyond we're colleagues. We're survivors. We're survivors. <laughs> yes. We survived and publishing and the whole thing. Um, I remember thinking about you uh, during the, the little, the book signing we did for boys who, like girls, girls who, like, who boys. like boys who like boys, which I love doing. And I still, I, I loved your story and my, you know, very close to my heart. But um, I remember thinking, oh, she's just as pretty. Cause sometimes people look beautiful in photographs, but you are beautiful in person oh, God, as well. This is the best podcast I've ever done. My God. Let's just keep going. We need <laughs> to mean, talk about stop already. <laughs> oh, that means I was, yeah, I was so, so I was so excited to like be in a book with you. Then cut to my storytelling show. And like, I was oh, still yes. very like intimidated, it, you know, not in a bad way, but I was just like, oh, this woman, I can't. And Tyson Cornell's like, let's have Gigi do the show. I was like, oh my God, I'd die. And then I love Tyson. You, you tell the craziest, most hilarious, most self-effacing story. Can we say what it is? Or are we doing like- a It's called Killer Pussy. And <laughs> it's the story of how one time um, I had sex with somebody and he had a brain aneurysm. While having sex with you. It was directly after. And it was sort of a very special journey. But my favorite part of the story is that you went to visit him in the hospital. Of course. And had sex with him. 
I yes, don't remember. But the thing is, you're in a hospital. So what could go wrong? True. You know? True. And some people find that, like, hot. A hospital. They do. God, this is a disturbing thing. I had a friend, this is like real sidetrack, who was very kinky. And she was dating a doctor. And she's like, you know, I just have this fantasy. Like, she would wear nurse outfits. Not that kinky. Fine. Okay. And she'd go, it's so disturbing. She goes, I'd have these fantasies of him cutting me open, you know, during what? sex. No. And I'm like, no, no, no. That is not what? normal. Like, I don't want to make you feel judged, but that is not normal. And that's something that she wanted. She wanted okay. it. Okay. All right. And she said it's Yeah, so that's not me. Like, that would not no. be me. I never, I don't even, I don't have fantasies about hospitals at all. In fact, I don't even watch hospital shows, but it just so happened. It was in the uh, the ICU and there were <laughs> curtains and it seemed like a... And you were comforting him. It was fine. Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a nurse. I'm like Florence Nightingale. You really are. <laughs> but a much, a much better version. Oh, yeah. So, okay. So... My whole, you know, vantage point on you is just that, like, you know, you just get big book deal after big book deal. Mm -hmm. They're all optioned. You know, if stepmom, stepmom was made. Man eater was made. They're they're not just optioned. They're made. Well, oh, step stepmom was your you wrote it. Yeah, stepmom was a script I wrote in ten days. Amazing. I was really motivated at yeah. the time, but that was um that was really fun uh up to the point where where. Well, in Hollywood, what happens is you do own your first draft as a writer, and that's it. You might get a rewrite, which I did, but mm -hmm. I was, you know, very new writer, and my script got Julie Roberts and Susan Sarandon, Susan Sarandon um, attached. So that was very exciting. But then after that, you don't own it; it goes right. off into Hollywood land, and you know, you'll you may hear about it a couple of years later. I did go on the set. And I, I saw Julia, we were talking and it was weird because I was a stepmom. She was playing a stepmom. She had her hair done like the yours. way mine was. And I, I got very nervous and uh, I threw my husband in there yeah. to sort of flirt. Yeah. But she was lovely. And, yeah. and then, okay. So, so what year did you sell your first book? Oh my gosh. 99 99 I think and and hmm. when that came how would you say launches well how would you say publishing has evolved since then well 20 for years. one thing there's no money left there was money then there was a lot of money there was being money thrown around so it the same thing in Hollywood um we there was a period of time when uh spec scripts were being optioned were being bought for hundreds of thousands. Uh, I, I had friends who sold scripts for um, $1 million. Right. I actually, Maneater uh, was one of those that was optioned and my script was paid for, which I hadn't written yet, for close to that. Wow. Yeah, so I, um, I was there during that wave. Yeah. You know, and it was, I can't tell you, I, I hate to be nostalgic, but it was pretty fun, and there was a lot yeah. of hope. Yes, and people, there was more dignity. Yes, and I think that we're losing some of that. Um, in, in fact, there's a new law in California that there's a, all kinds of lawsuits against it against uh, freelancing. Yeah, no more than 45. thirty-five a yeah, year. Yeah, no, it's, it's psychotic. 
I know, I know, but who do you know who can get 35 jobs a year? Well, there's it's also just that. apparently freelancers who, who write for tons of online publications yeah. do that in a few weeks, which is also kind of, I don't know how you do that. So yeah. I feel like, um, you know, I want to find hope and I, I know that people will always try new stuff and art will always find a way and some of it's not art but whatever right I want I like for change to happen for new things to find a way but I would also like for people to um, be able to you know get that gold ring and I know. aspire and I think that's really anyway I've had a bunch of launches and every time they kind of you know the book, now, some people go on book tours. I don't do literary fiction. Right. That also <laughs> I reminds do, me. I do hard things. I don't do, no, I'm kidding. No, I remember this conversation we had at that reading where there's a picture of us where you told me about this reporter, whose name I remember, but I'm not going to say, said something to you like, oh, you just do silly books or something like that. And you're like, uh, what? Do, do you do books? She actually has written a book since then. I don't know if you remember who that was. or I don't remember. I'm not going to say her name. Okay. Um, but she wrote for Page Sex. Um, now. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Um, so People always find a very backhanded. Yeah, It doesn't matter whether they're female or male. It's right. been equal. Um, but I think that's true of anyone that they see getting any kind of recognition or yes. whatever. And and frankly, I mean, I've had great reviews in the New York Times, you know. Um, so if somebody doesn't right. like me, that uh, yeah. personal opinion. I mean, I think it's just so interesting. It's like this thing happens, and I am have been as guilty of it as anybody, where you see someone get this great success, and you forget that there are all these problems that come with it. That it didn't make their life perfect. Oh, no. And you, that, that you have every right to find major fault with mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. and tear it apart, you know? Mm -hmm. But okay, let's talk cold hard facts and numbers. Was that a big book deal, that first one? The first one was a nice book deal, but not a huge one. But mm -hmm. I got my agent, Jennifer Rudolph Walsh at William Morris at the, you know, she came on and she's she was a terrific agent and we were together for many years. And I also sold that to Fox Searchlight. Mm -hmm. That was called Rescue Me and that was basically kind of a gritty coming of age story. It was not comedic mm -hmm. and it was basically about my life um, growing up in East Hollywood as a young woman and drug deals and all these other things that that happened. Um, so that was, I, I didn't expect it to be optioned at all. Carl Franklin came on as mm -hmm. the director. That was never made, but Again, that's Hollywood. It's Hollywood, yeah. still, you can make a nice living. Yep. Uh, and then after that, I forget which, I think Maneater might have been after. Um. Well, so, okay. So then, um, I mean, this thing about, you know, there was, there was dignity and money and all of those things. What kills me is all these people I talk to today that say like, oh, I'm deciding between you know, sort of publishing myself or selling it. And and I'm just like deciding between, you know, do you know what the statistic is? T two out of every 10,000 books proposals sell. I had no idea. Proposals, yeah. Proposals. Wow, wow, wow. Yes. And, and I'll talk to people and they are so dogged about it. And they're like, well, I want to be in bookstores. And I'm like, well, you know, my books were in bookstores oh, for two weeks. You're uh, in bookstores whether you self-publish 
there's that too. So we have clients who have gone to the local bookstores and their books are in bookstores and my HarperCollins books are not in bookstores. Well, that's true too. You know, but, but okay, so let's talk about the lunch. So how, so what, what have been some of the most effective strategies that you have employed during these book launches? Um, For, well, for me, number one is getting on a morning talk show. Mm-hmm. Now that has become less and less likely, and less and less helpful. Honestly, and less and less helpful. Um, as we know, people are completely distracted by other things, and they get their their news in other ways on Instagram. So ex- exactly, and I'm on Instagram. We'll see if it works. Um, but that used to be, you know, CBS Morning Show, Good Morning America. That used to be really helpful. And pub- publicists still want to get those shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so eyeballs are really important. Now, I don't know. Is it Twitter? I don't know. Is it Instagram? I'm not sure. I think sometimes you don't even know what's going to hit yeah. and not hit. Like we have the literary darlings, you know, that go on books, book tours, 30 cities and blah, blah, blah. Do their books sell? I don't, don't know. know. I look for for it and I'm not right. sure it it corresponds to how many cities that you've I've done big book tours and you know there are three people in the audience. Yeah, you're in Iowa and you're like, hi. It's hilarious. Well I've never <laughs> been on a book tour so I can't even commiserate oh, just, over this. But um it's not fun. Yeah, I, mean, I hear that. I hear that. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean I think that when when my first book came out in 2005 and it was told it was said to me if you can get on the today show and in people Boom. magazine the same week you're guaranteed a bestseller i'm trying to get in people magazine with this one yes yeah, i was fired from people magazine to, right after seeing you at the premiere what did you do <laughs> oh i've been fired Anna from David. every job i've literally been fired from <laughs> every job a good I ever. Thing. I wonder. I wonder. I deserved it in that case. I didn't deserve it in other cases. But um, but so, yes. So do you hire a publicist? Do you try to arrange it yourself? Okay. What do you do? I wish I could say you don't, you know, you don't need outside help um, that publishers provide hmm. their yeah. publicists. And those people are all working very hard, but they're working very, very hard on so many books. Yeah. So... You're special, but you're not. You're one of 12 children. Exactly. Yes. Um, so I hire an outside publicist. Mm-hmm. And trust me, if I if I could get away with not doing that, yeah. I would do it. Yeah. But you, I can't risk it. Yeah. You've done it on every book? I don't know if I've done. No, I have not done it on every book. But again, I've been around for a while and so it was a different it was a kind of a different era yeah you know and on this one I do have an outside publicist who I think is great that's good I I never I always found I I was always frustrated with my publicists because because that's how I am but also because I felt like I could do more than they could well that's you know that can be true too no one's gonna care the way you do right except that I'm kind of stubborn because I feel that I wrote the damn book. I spent a year and a half of my life right. doing this. This is what I do. Right. Now I have to market it. Oh, yeah. Now I have to be a different person and put on a different hat. Yeah. And 
I, I just want to kind of sit back and let the world decide. But I don't think that's to... an option anymore. I know. And I hate that. So that's why you see me on Instagram right. more. And I saw you amp it up. I saw I, literally I the did. day you were like, okay, like, I'm going to do this. Boom, I'm if it requires me in a bikini, I will do it. And I wore that freaking bikini. You sure <laughs> did. Because at this point, I'm 57. Like, if I'm not going to show my body, it, I'm, it's never going to happen. I mean, it's great. I mean, because it's like, I got to master the Instagram. Like, I'm self-deprecating, but I'm proud. You know, it's like all, there's so much to do. And it really is the hardest, not the hardest part of my day. I take that back. <laughs> that sounds very You've West got a side. great life. Yeah. Um, but it is, it's one of the, it's, it, I don't want to say it's a, it's a burden, but it is a challenge to, um, sell yourself when you weren't raised yes to sell yourself i don't even sell my kids right they're great right 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 but am i that parent who said oh my kids four point this my right. kid does this my kid never been like that that's why you're tolerable because those people are not i can't take it yeah so how do i become that person you know you have to walk a very fine line i think to gain people's trust mm -hmm. and to make people like you it doesn't really mean that they're going to buy your book though no it no. doesn't people can have a couple hundred thousand followers on twitter and not sell 30 t-shirts did you hear about like, I heard yeah there's it's really it's really bizarre and you know i i always talk about this there's this kevin kelly blog he, he co-founded wired i think but then oh. his name might be keith kelly i can't remember oh, oh. And he has this blog post called A Thousand True Fans. Yes. Yes. And he says, like, you don't need millions of people. You need a thousand people who will follow anything you do. Unfortunately, I only have about three. <laughs> I'm working on it. I have. Yeah. There's always those random people yeah. who kind of like you. And who, yeah, you, you don't, don't know even why. really share their politics. Right. It's right, a weird right. thing. But yeah. they kind of. They're just there for you. They, But a true fan, it says, will drive to another city if you're appearing there. And I was like, I may not even have three of those. Wow. I mean, my boyfriend, but wow. like maybe a friend. I don't even want my sisters to drive into my book Yeah, signing. yeah. Like, they live like locally, out. right? Well, Santa Barbara, right. Pasadena. And I'm like, yeah, don't worry about it. <laughs> So, but so, so in terms of like, quote, successful launches and less successful launches that you have had, what has been the main difference? This is a really interesting question. And it's a really tough one because I think there's such an element of, I hate to put it this way, magic, mm. zeitgeist, right time, right place. There are some books, there's nothing you can do to make them successful, even though they might be better than yep. some other book you wrote. Yep. And there are some books that will hit the top 10 New York Times bestseller list, and you are you look at it and you think, what? Right. Why? And you'll read the book and you'll say, I can't get through the first 50 pages. <laughs> right. So there is some, somehow you capture people's interest and... In, I don't know if it has anything to do with how much you how much effort you put into marketing. Although I have a friend 
who self publishes mm-hmm. and he but he was a marketer. Yes. He was in PR before he was. Gabby Bernstein, you know, like the biggest self help coach. Yeah. Was I, it a publicist? I don't, I don't even know how to do that though. Like I'm tr- I feel like I'm if anyone to... lived with me for 3 weeks, they'd put, get their shit together. But <laughs> I can't tell people I can't put myself I know. on that level and I tell tart. people follow me. I, I have all the answers. I know. I and the know. older you get, the more you realize. You don't know shit. You don't know shit. I know. And that's why I wish I had a concrete answer to give people out there how to on on how to make sure their book sells ten thousand copies or twenty thousand, whatever. My friend is relentless with his Instagram. Relentless. I want to know who this is. And his Twitter. You can. I'll tell you later. after because yeah, yeah. I didn't ask him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And I think he's sold a lot of books. Yep. He goes to the bookstores. And every buys weekend. Them? No, he signs them. He signs them. He he's telling me how to do this and what to do. Yeah. It goes against everything in my nature. I know. I, I want that kind of like I would love that that kind of fame where you're known, but you're not bothered. Like I could go up on stage and do stand-up. And people would love it. Aren't you like that? I do that stuff. No, but aren't you that level of fame? Wouldn't you say? Not, you know, I, I one time I was in New York with a friend of mine, and uh, it was after Starter Wife. Actually, it happened in New York and L.A. And I got uh, both times I was recognized, and I got uh, very good tables. That's based on my own. Not even the table, just the the fact. Which was, okay, and that was kind of enough. That's, like, enough for me. You know, when I was first, like, coming up in the world or whatever, I used to say, I want to be famous enough to be in a Gap ad. That's all. Because remember those Gap oh, ads? I love those They Gap would ads. have, like, I remember Lily Zanuck was in one. And I yes, was like. she was something. That's, She's still something. That's, like, a, that's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, like, so. So chic. Those it's ads were so, so chic. chic. And then they yeah. had to stop doing them. And God knows, like, what what they do now. Who cares? But, okay. So, wait. But now I lost my thing. Okay. So, your friend does all these things. Mm-hmm. And he's advising you. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do think it's marketing now. I think everything is. But here's my epiphany. Is that marketing, to me, is more creative than writing. What do you think of that? That's probably true, and that's probably why I'm resistant because I'm a little lazy when it comes to pushing anything. I'm I'm creative with my writing. Mm-hmm. We're all creative beings, but anyway, I utilize my creativity by writing, by cooking most days, by knitting while I'm watching the Great British Bake Show or Baking Show, whatever they call it. So, but by the time it gets to marketing. You're done. You're tapped out. I'm I'm done. I'm fucking done. I think that's where I am with (laughs) writing because I'm just like. Oh, right. I know. I I mean, my thing with writing was, with book writing, was traditional publishing killed my love for it. I thought I hated writing. I realized at the end, like. No. That that I like it, but I, I prefer to do it in like newsletters and Instagram posts than books right now. I really do. I get it. And there might be a point in time where you come back to it. There might be. And I think that you have to be open to that. Like, I write three screenplays a year, at least. Uh When I finish one, I'm on to the next one. Right now, I'm not writing a book because we, this book was optioned by Donald DeLine at Warner Brothers, and we want to utilize the 
sisters in this book. So, but my publisher wants my next book to be about sisters, mm-hmm. and it's too close. The relationship is too close. Right. So, um, so I'm not writing a book right now, and um, I I just need to use that energy in some way. So I have. I have screenplays out there. I have a screenplay with Jennifer Todd from Mm -hmm. Team Todd about a female bull rider in the 80s, and she was a champion. She's an unbelievable story called Mm -hmm. Baby Hold On. And um, we have interest from major actresses, which is great. So I'm always, I've got all these balls out there. Yeah. Now you throw marketing. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I want to shoot myself. if I could just do if what I'm really hoping is I get a nice review from this publication and that publication and people want to read something that's funny. Yes. And that's not I make fun of it's the spectrum. I make fun of the spectrum. Uh it's not political. It's not you know you hopefully you get something out of it but it's not going to change your life, it's just going to be a good ride. Now, let me ask you this. How come you don't write nonfiction about all these experiences? Well, because in my life, when I've had tragedy strike or when I've had real issues, you know, 20 minutes later, I'm joking about it. Mm-hmm. It's just the way I deal with life. Mm-hmm. So. I I have been called on that by mm-hmm. more than one man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you think you think everything's a joke? I mean, during my divorce, during when it was the most stressful time because I wasn't sure how custody was. It was mostly for me about custody. Mm-hmm. Um, so even though it was so stressful, I was observing it like a writer does or mm-hmm. an actor does, mm-hmm. and looking for the comedy bits right in there right and the characters and all that and that's how i survived but um we've so i don't know that's just that's my coping mechanism but you if could I redo wrote, it in nonfiction too if i yes if i wrote nonfiction, i would have to deal with stuff that's really serious and right and potentially like litigious you mean kind of thing I don't know. It depends. I just feel like you could. I, I, I mean, it's interesting that you said that. Like, you know, Party Girl, my first book, I made a novel instead of nonfiction because I thought that I didn't know how to be funny in nonfiction. Um, but then, you know, Jerry Stahl wrote Permanent Midnight, which is the funniest addiction memoir ever. So it yes. can happen. Yes. But but I don't know. I just know I'd love to read nonfiction from you. For sure. I'm sure a lot of people would love it, and yeah. some people would really hate it. Yes, that's why <laughs> the rest of us would love it all the more. See, this is a more safe way for me to do it. I know. It. But everybody, does. do people know, oh, that that's based on this in your... Not not specifically, no. I. It's not, it's not that close. Mm-hmm. If I really went for it, I was in this town. I've been in this town for my whole life mm-hmm. in, in Hollywood for 30 years. Like, do they really want me opening my mouth? about? I used to get in trouble all the time at dinner parties. Right. So 
Right. I or, could just get into more trouble. <laughs> but how, why not? I don't know. I say this selfishly as a reader. Eventually. So truly, has there really been nothing that, like, if you had to break it down to your top tips for a launch, what would they be? Um, okay. I think you have to have social media presence. Mm-hmm. And... I think uh, you have to bring a lot of energy to that. So mm-hmm. and and be authentic so that you can do it over the long haul, mm-hmm. not just for a book, mm-hmm. but for your career. Uh, I think Instagram to me, Instagram feels like the best social media platform right now, I think for selling. Yeah. Twitter, there's so much noise and a lot of it's political. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know how you get through Mm -hmm. all that. I think pictures sell. Mm -hmm. I love I love looking at people's Instagrams. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be number one. Number two, um, I would say try to get in the bookstores and get to uh, try to get a relationship with people in Mm -hmm. different bookstores. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I think number three, uh, you get your email addresses. Do you do that? You have a newsletter? I don't have a newsletter. Okay. So when you say you get your email addresses, you mean Uh, of the people you know? Every, uh, as many people, you know, to, to let them know when your book's coming out and all that. I haven't done that yet. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, you should have a newsletter. Let's not turn this into a marketing what? consultation. You already have what? that other friend, I'm sure, I'm doing that to you. I'm crying right now. No, but seriously. She's bringing me into tears. You need to own what the do audience. I, do? I don't even know how to do a newsletter. Okay. Well, then you that's when you outsource. Am I supposed to come to you? I'm supposed to do your uh, course, right? You're supposed to do my course. <laughs> Everybody should do I my course. I should have done your course. Well, I mean, I can tell you. I mean, if you really can, I think you have to open your heart more to this marketing thing. I truly do. Because because here's the thing. It's, it's like It's like the difference between a borrowed audience and an owned audience. Like, we don't know if Instagram's going away and TikTok is going to be the thing. I mean, right. I guess it already is. And like... Those are fickle people who you have no way to act, to get in touch with. Right. And but it's like if you have a newsletter list, then you are regularly nurturing these people and they're invested. And maybe when you're writing your book, you're sending newsletters and you're going, should I ha- make this character divorced or, you know, blonde? You know what I mean? And right. then emotionally, people are getting invested. So then they care. And then they're kind of buying their book. Like wow. there's all this stuff that I think really matters. Now, that being Can said- Can I just go the Norman Mailer route and like punch somebody <laughs> and, in a, at a party? And just make and enough publicity? News? Yeah, I mean, you could. You could try okay. for I, the, the female Norman Mailer of today. <laughs> Um, you know, but but I think I think that th- this is this is what I wonder though, because I categorize you as somebody who doesn't need to do those things. But I think that's all changing, and so everybody I don't know. does. I I think everybody look look at movies. Who are the movie stars? I have no idea. There, I think there are people I'm too old to know about. There aren't really there. When I was coming, it was like okay, Tom Cruise, movie star. Yeah, open any movie, Tom Hanks. You know all these. People could open movies. Now, who are the people who can open a movie? Right. So everybody needs. That's why all all these stars are looking to Instagram and Twitter and all that. And, you know, and they're selling, I don't know, uh, kitchen utensils. Right. 
because it's not the way it used to be. You don't make 20 million a movie. You know, right. All these things have changed. Right. So, yeah, I'm not above. I just, oh, it's just so, it goes against my, my, it goes against my nature. And then it goes against the way I live my life, which is pretty quiet. And I love my rut. Mm-hmm. And now I have to, like, do a newsletter and reach out. And but I, yeah, I mean, I get, I know, I yeah. know. I find it fun. See, that's, maybe you, I would get to that point. Yes. I mean, I think that I look at it as I became a writer because I'm interested in words and psychology. I'm so glad you came to my therapy session today. <laughs> it's very meaningful. Um, I'm Phil Stutz. Um, I have a friend who just started going to him. Oh, my God. I love him so much. I don't know him. You know, I started going to him when I was 28. I think I did know that. I think the first time I heard about Almost him was from you. Um, yeah, but but no, I'm not him, nor have I met him. But I do know that woman who teaches like workshops or with him Jamie, or something. Yes, Jamie yes, Rose. yes. I love her. Um, but so so I I find it fun because I became a writer because I love words and I love psychology. I want to know how people psychology. what makes people. Yes, work. that's marketing. Yes, 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 that is marketing. What gets a person to take action? I find that fascinating. Can I just show my tits? <laughs> they're not that big, but they are on still the perky. Side. They're going to be perky after I'm dead, by the way. Oh, <laughs> she made a smart investment back in the day. The smallest ones money can buy. Um, but I, right, can I just, how about 57-year-old ass? Does that work? I mean, if it was going to work for anyone, it would be you. <laughs> but but I don't know. So, okay, so back to the tips. So be on social media, be authentic. Do emails even though you don't? Do you send out a big email when it's when the book is out? I'm go- I have to compile an email list, mm-hmm. right? And and do that. But a newsletter sounds interesting if if I have some sort of concept of what what exactly that means. Yes. And my book comes out February 11th. Been there, married that. Yep. And this <laughs> podcast will be released afterwards so you can get it right now on Amazon and in bookstores. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so how's that for marketing? Was that very good? You need to do a little more. Okay. Okay. Uh, a little more. Just Damn a little. It. Damn it. Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but that happens. Okay, wait, hold on. It was tips. It was, it, oh, oh, you're going to gather Where's email Where's my estrogen? <laughs> I just need to remember. <laughs> yes, I need to gather up, do an email list. I think that was what my friend had told me was important because I was thinking, do I print up postcards, you know, and leave mm. them? And he, he's Mm-mm. like, no, that was 10 years ago. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, that takes one thing off my list. But doing a newsletter is sort of interesting to me it's sort of like doing a blog yes i mean sort of okay today's in in general this is what i would say because your release is upon us i would say you think about the newsletter as like a plan for the future for future books right it is something that like you start making that the link in your instagram uh bio and you start telling people um i mean this i i I, it's like i know it defies like what the way you are so but like i have no idea what if you had a thing a a a cheat sheet that was 10 ways to write a new york times best-selling book people would download that yes that's so you say you have this on your website this download people download and then you have their email address and then you start sending them regular emails so that by the time you are sending them emails about your book 
they are used to opening your emails and they are super psyched to go buy it. Right. I always get those emails. I, I get a couple emails from people. I okay. don't remember signing up for, you know. Yeah. But um, yes. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. I can see doing that. And okay. So do you have media planned for release? Yes. Um, I'm doing a book signing February 11th. Mm-hmm. In L.A. In L.A. at Diesel. Yep. It may have passed by the time this podcast was released. So sorry, guys. It was so great. It was like the best book signing I've ever been to. There were 800,000 people That was shocking. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy Teigen showed up. John Legend, Tom Cruise. Well, John Legend and Tom Cruise got in that fight. Oh, That was so weird. I didn't even know they knew each other. That was so sad. I think they... Had a thing back in the eighties. Oh, anyway, whatever. I don't want to talk about. See it. your big mouth. You're gonna get in trouble. Um, okay, so you have you have the reading in L.A. You have stuff in New York. Yes. Okay. Okay. And that's basically the tour, the book tour. Yes, the expansive book tour. Yes. And uh, other than that, you know, we Entertainment Tonight and all those other like enter like. So you're doing a bunch shows. of TV shows. They're asking, yes, yes, yes. They're so, asking, Gigi, yes. and you are saying yes, right? Yes, I'm saying yes. Okay, that's great. <laughs> that's terribly exciting. That's good. That's good. And um, it's hard when you're living in the 1880s. I mean, I would never you have, have to be a 2020 I girl. I mean, I, I this sort of surprises me about you. Actually, it's mm. interesting because I would imagine, based on like preconceived notions, that you live this big, you know out there life and like you're like no no I, I i go to yoga and i and i write and hang out with my super hot husband you know oh my god yeah number yeah. three amazing oh you had an, a husband before i had a very short-lived marriage okay. in my early 20s and then uh, did you acquire that the lavanji from the marriage no, oh okay no. you were born with that yeah okay good we're Su- my, my sisters and I are Susie, Mimi, Gigi, Julie, Suzanne, Marianne, Georgie, and Julianne. It's just so cute. Are Imagine. you the youngest? I'm the third. You're the third. Yes. Interesting. Yes. And, um, okay, did you always want to be a writer? Did you uh, so, actually, have a sojourn into acting? This is so corny, but I really did because yeah. I was not good at um, – there were so many things I was not good at. My sisters were all gymnasts and track stars. And I was the little fat one who couldn't play outside because of because of the smog that blanketed Los Angeles at the time. I was allergic to smog. Aww. So I sat inside and I read all day long. So my first love was reading. My second love was writing. Um, I did. I played the violin in two orchestras. I was first and you second were so violin. So nerdy! I, I didn't so, know this about you. Yes, I was. Very, when did you emerge the butterfly? Well, at thirteen, and I was ten years old in seventh grade. Okay. So that's really young. That's I was, really young. Yeah. yeah. So I was not mature yet on any level. Mm-hmm. Uh, growing up here, I, I grew up east of here mm-hmm. in Hollywood, and. Um, then at like 16, no, 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 13, I was in high school at Hollywood High and I grew and I became a cheerleader. Mm. La. Lost the baby fat. La, la, la. Yes. It, also at 10 years old in seventh grade at LeConte Junior High, I started smoking pot because mm. everybody, that was, it was the 70s. Mm-hmm. And so I have this real nostalgic feeling when I, when I smell pot. I remember my childhood. <laughs> One time my sister and I hitchhiked 
I was 13, she must have been 15, we hitchhiked to um, to Barham, to the Oakwood Apartments. Oh yeah. To stalk Black Sabbath, they were staying there. Oh my God, I it love in. it. So, and so, and then, okay, so then okay. you, so what you- So 16, I- It, it all changed. It all, pretty much, I, um, I graduated high school at 16, but um, maybe a couple years before that it changed. I became a cheerleader. I was, I was, I graduated class clown. So I was class clown and class legs. I mean, that's so great. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Hollywood, watch out. So you just like, like emerged. And did you go to UCLA? Did I make that I up? I went to UCLA, but I walked, um, before that, I, my parents said, we can't afford, we're, we can't afford for you to live anywhere else. And mm -hmm. they couldn't. My mom was a teacher and principal in East LA. My father an ex-staff sergeant in the Air Force, stayed home and raised four girls. Wow. So if we ever got in a fight at school, he would ask who got the last punch. Nice. That was it. Nice. So I feel like we were real, like, feminists in the way that we take care of our shit. Yeah. Like, you're an actual. I don't blame anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let's go. Although it's not great sometimes. Now my, mar my marriage is amazing. But it's not great sometimes for marriage when you are when you quote unquote fight like a man i don't talk a lot during a, an argument but what you say i make my point and that is it yeah <laughs> it's not great yeah i don't really want to talk about it interesting interesting i really want to talk about it all isn't that funny yeah what's your sign capricorn interesting like, like jesus yeah you are you're like a cheerleading um, class clown Jesus. It's so interesting. So, so and weird. so and so. Okay, and the and the. So I went to LACC, which mm -hmm. is a community. College. Oh yeah, I know where that is. I walked to. I took Vermont. tennis there. Yeah. Yeah, and then of course. Yeah, it was not a good tennis class. And I, and then I transferred to UCLA. Uh, took two buses to UCLA. Watched all the sorority girls with their white cabriolet. Oh yeah, hair. but I, I know the era. friends with everybody. Yeah. At 16, though, I was I was going to all the clubs because my sister, my my older sisters were very you know involved in the nightlife. One of my sisters married a Colombian drug dealer, and uh, she was later shot, but she's okay. Um, but we we like dance with Rick James. I was 16, dancing with Rick James. This Eddie is what Murphy your book needs to be about. Oh, we had so much fun. That's what I'm until, saying. Until AIDS. Then it was like not oh. so much fun. But isn't that weird that you said Eddie Murphy when my first memory of you is at the Nutty Professor premiere? It's just there's so much I love kismet. him so much. By the way, stone cold genius on so many levels. I haven't seen the new movie. Well, the movie is amazing. But Eddie himself, you don't want to play chess with him. He can he can play piano, like just not. He's self taught in all this. Wow, he really is one of the great geniuses. Of I didn't our know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. Now, okay, but so and so, I'm curious. So then you have this this marriage that was like very high profile. What? Very breathe this one. It surprised so, me. So so <laughs> so, how long was that, and how did that affect your writing career? And what was that like? Because oh, for those so years, you were very on the scene. You had to be. Yeah, I had to be. Well, we had um, we had a really great marriage until we did not. But um, we were together 16 and a half years, oh almost God. 10 years married. I know, really long time. That's a really long time. Yes, especially in Hollywood. Yeah. Because Hollywood is 
the mistress, which is, uh, well, I talk about this in, in my book, been there, married that. Mm-hmm. Um, Ho- Hollywood is the other woman, and you cannot compete at right. some point, right. especially if you're married to somebody so successful. I mean, incredibly, and like there was a beyond. point in time when I was like, hey, Brian, I heard there was a, uh, there's a show you didn't produce. Are, <laughs> is there a problem? <laughs> Like your name's not all over the trades t- today. today. What? Yeah. Are we poor? What yeah, happened? Yeah. It's <laughs> it's so it's so crazy. But like, but it was good. Yes, it was really good. Uh, we fit each other because he wanted somebody. In fact, my wedding, he made a speech about me. And by the way, I was the only person in my wedding I did not recognize. But I'm he, sure he, it was ridiculous. Yeah, I'm sure for a girl from the other East side Hollywood. of town. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he made a speech about me um, lauding my work ethic. Like he was so happy to be with somebody. Who was like a fellow workaholic? Who worked, yeah. Yeah. Who, who liked to work. Yeah. I cooked I cooked him Amazing meals, meals, yeah. You know, just, I mean, just basic, but just nobody had really cooked for him. Right. Nobody right. had really done that thing where you nurture right. someone. So for some people, that's very... Foreign. Yes. And I'm always amazed by by that, but that's the way I was raised, and mm-hmm. so that's the way I raised my kids. Um, but he, um, we suited each other for a long time, and we were like the couple who would go on dates, just the two of us, at Ivy at the Shore or Giorgio's, and we'd see all the other Holly people, and they'd always be in groups. And right. in fact, like Arnon Milshon asked, how do you do that? How do you not run out of things to say? Yes, we never did. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, uh, even during the divorce, I was like, Brian, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna end up being friends. Let's just like get through this. Mm-hmm. Let's not pay for uh, our lawyers' um, kids, kids, grandchildren's kids to never have to work again birthday parties. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. It's uh, so it was good for a long time, and I was so grateful. And to this day, I'm so grateful because being with him, I was able to quit my job. I worked so many hours for Fred Silverman. I had been working for him for eight years. I uh, one one year I got in three car accidents in one year because I was so tired. I never took vacation. I mean, barely took Christmas Eve off. It was that kind of thing where mm-hmm. we had eight shows on the air. And I could relax. I was getting up before that. I was getting up at five o'clock in the morning and writing. Mm-hmm. And I would, a couple things were optioned. But after pre Brian, that was me. Post Brian, I was able to write, you know, get up and write, 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 write. Right. And so being married to him was really, really helpful. Yeah. And I was very much jealous um, in a sense that jealous of my time and I could be with him Mm -hmm. because he went to work and I wrote my thousand words a day Mm -hmm. and worked out Mm -hmm. and got the got the food together and for for a very long time in a Hollywood. Yeah, it's very traditional relationship. Yeah, it was very. comfortable and we were good and then it wasn't Mm. it's a weird thing you know 14 and a half years into it all of a sudden 
That's so. I know nothing about. I'm I'm with my boyfriend a year. It's the longest relationship I've ever had. So I know nothing about like it's, fourteen years. It, it, it's um yeah. It's it's like going on a journey in a boat in in an ocean. You don't know if you're gonna what you're gonna hit. Yeah, I know. You don't know what's so gonna scary. come over the side of the boat. Um yeah. You and there is no. There are a million reasons. To break up, there's a, there are a million reasons to stay together. Lady Gaga has a song about this. Do you know that song? No. It's called A Million Reasons. Oh, God. I'm serious. Oh, God. I might play it That's under it. Right. Um, but, and so, okay. So this is fascinating. Thank you for letting me, like, devolve into no, that I love, shit. I love it. Um, so, okay. Now, let me ask you. This is prepping you for your um, download that you're going to offer on your website. What are your tips for creating a New York Times bestselling book? Uh, buy 10,000 copies of your own book. <laughs> Ask Donald Trump Jr. I know. There's a, yes. I'm not sure he did it, but I mean, I Of heard course that. he did it, of yeah. Um, gosh, I think you have to, first you have to work on your voice. You have to have an authentic voice. And uh, that's number one. Oh, number two is... Is it interesting? Are you mm -hmm. are you either incredibly talented, or is it a subject matter that people are interested in? Mm -hmm. I think mysteries sell more than anything else. Mystery yeah. thrillers. I don't know what's hot I, now. I think science fiction shit. Sci in the self publishing space. It's like genre science yeah, fiction genre. stuff that I don't read. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and I can't read it. No. no Ray no. Bradbury. I read. Yeah. Don't uh, do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me this. Instead. God bless. Um, so, but there's all there's there's always room for surprises. Then you then you have to do the social media thing. Uh, gosh, get Reese Witherspoon to bookstagram it. Yes. Can you hook that up? Um, you must know her. Get her. I books know her, but I don't know her that way. It, I am the worst person in asking for favors too, and you have to get over that. You have to. You. I'm terrible I'm at it too. Just yeah. thinking about it, literally, I just start sweating. Like, yeah, no. Sweat. It's like I'm the same way. It's, it's like I go through this thing that I'm like, okay, if I know them and they haven't asked me to do this, then I can't ask them. When like, no, you know them. Ask Mark Marin if you can come on his podcast. Why not? Like, oh my instead. god, that's that would be yeah. But it's like, I could never do that stuff. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. But try it. I've done it with, um, I've occasionally done it with a screenplay, but it's usually when I really believe, like I really believe in this book, but when I really believe that this screenplay is right for this producer, yes. boom. Because yes. you know that somebody beneath them is going to be, you know, the development person is going to be reading it. They don't necessarily have to read it. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and actually, Phil Stutz told me that a long time ago, mm -hmm. that you need to ask for things. You I was not raised to. this way. I was right. raised to be self-sufficient. Right. I mean, military. Like, I was raised like yeah. someone. I didn't know that. Like, put me, like, drop me in Syria or right. whatever. Right. You know, I've had my kids. I'm ready. Yeah, Like, yeah, let's yeah. go. You'll be so much more entertaining than most people there. Okay. Tell some great <laughs> stories. Do they know about Killer exactly. Pussy? 
<laughs> Do they? I um, love that. So, okay. Well, this has been so fun and good. And I'm so grateful to you for coming oh, to do this. Oh, thank you so much for having me. So everyone, thank you so much for listening. Get the book, Been There, Mary That. Do follow Gigi on Instagram if you're not. It's worth it. It's I so worth it. She does not. She does have a website, but there is no newsletter sign up. Is that correct information? That's correct. Is okay, it, I have to have that. You have to have that. Oh my God. You guys, maybe by the time oh. you go to this website, if it's there, know that I am single-handedly responsible for it being there. Right? Exactly. Absolutely. I give you all the credit for that's everything. All, that's <laughs> all I need to hear. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.